Welcome to Godsplaining, contemplative preacher's contemporary age. Each week, join the Dominican friars as they consider all things Catholic. Welcome to Godsplaining. This is Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic, and today I am joined by our very own Father Patrick Briscoe. Father Patrick, how are you doing? How are things? Hi, guys. Well, I'm great. Um, you know, it's a good day. Usually Dominicans are very good at complaining, um, but I will, spare, I will spare you. You know, we're world-class complainers, but today I have, I have only good things. And maybe it's because I am living the standing desk life now. So, mm. uh, you know, at my yeah. desk, it goes up and down and my world has been changed. That's right. If Father Patrick moves during this episode, it's just because he's bored and playing with his desk because I'm talking too much or something like that. But there you have it. So be on the lookout. He'll be fine. Um, but today is exciting, at least for us, because it's not a normal Thursday episode, however exciting those usually are, but is our one of our guest episodes. And Father Patrick and I are very excited and very honored to have um, Father Gerard Francisco Timiner, the Master General of our Order, of the Order of Preachers and the 87th successor of St. Dominic um, on this episode with us. Father Gerard, thanks so much for, for taking the time to be with us. We really appreciate it. Welcome. Thank you, uh, Father Jacob and Father Patrick. Uh, I'm happy to be here with you. I have some friends who really love your podcast. And they are my friends from New Jersey, Tony and Eden. <laughs> well, great. Yeah, it's awesome that, that, that people are listening in New Jersey too. So thanks so much for that. Um, Father, Father Gerard is joining us from Rome, uh, from Santa Sabina, which is the headquarters of, of our order. And Father Patrick, you were, you were just there, what, a week ago? On, he says it's a business trip. I'm not sure how much business and work was done, but I saw a lot of pictures of him gallivanting in Rome. But uh, yeah, you were just there in Rome, right, at Santa Sabina? I was. It was a blessed trip. And one of the, one of the best things I will say, because I've experienced this over and over again, and, and maybe uh, Father Gerard, you, you could comment on this too, is that when you're a Dominican and you travel, you know, halfway across the world and you walk into one of the houses of the brothers, you're welcomed as a brother. And no matter where you are, immediately you feel at home. Has that been your experience, uh, Father Gerard, as master of the order? Uh, yes, yes. And even before that, yes. I mean, same experience. You know, when you wear the habit, people immediately recognize the brothers and the sisters. They recognize and we recognize, too, even the sisters even from afar, yes. Yeah, it's great. Um, so I guess maybe by starting in on the conversation a little bit, Father Gerard, if you wouldn't mind telling us a bit about yourself, um, where you're from, you know, I guess how you got to be master of the order, those sort of things, just catch up us, catch us up on you. That'd be helpful for us and, you know, our listeners. Okay. Uh, I am a son of the province of the Philippines and we just celebrated 50 years of foundation last uh, December 8th. Uh, we were founded in 1971 from the Holy Rosary province, whose first daughter is the province of Vietnam, the Queen of Martyrs. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So it's interesting in the order that we are all sons of different provinces. You are sons of the province of St. Joseph, but we are all brothers. And that is what Patrick was uh, talking about earlier. You, you know, we find you know, a house, a home in each convent that we visit because we are all brothers. So I'm from the province of the Philippines. I was educated by the Augustinian sisters. Uh, I tried 
to enter the minor seminary after elementary, but the parish priest advised my parents against it. So I continued on with high school. My younger brother, though, when he asked permission for the same thing after elementary, he was allowed to enter the minor seminary. So that's favoritism. <laughs> so he's, so he's, he's also a priest now, a diocesan priest. Uh, he also studied at Santo Tomas for theology. And then after high school, I heard lots of good things about the Jesuits from my father who was educated by the Jesuits at the Ateneo in the Philippines and my eldest sister too. So I said, I wanted to be a Jesuit. But relatives, aunts and grandmothers said, oh, you, they will send you away from the Philippines. We don't want you to do that. So stay here, be a diocesan priest. So I said, okay, uh, but I want to study in Manila not in the regional seminary, and that is the Santo Tomas. It's the UST Central Seminary, which is a diocesan seminary. I did not know it was under the Dominicans. I never knew any Dominican, although I can always see the image of San Martin de Porres mm. and St. Vincent Ferrer in our house. So I said, okay, I will go there. And, but I needed a recommendation from the bishop. At the time, I could not get a recommendation from the bishop of our diocese because of some disagreement with my father. So the story is getting complicated. So the next recourse is to ask the bishop, the metropolitan, from where my mother comes from, from the city of Naga. And the bishop there was Leonardo Legaspi O.P., the secretary thought I was asking for a recommendation to join the Dominicans. So I received a recommendation letter addressed to the prior provincial <laughs> in Santo Domingo. And I told my father, I want to go to Santo Tomas. Why is this letter addressed to someone in Santo Domingo? And my father said, perhaps the way to Santo Tomas is through Santo Domingo. So in other words, I really, <laughs> I really never planned it that way. So when people ask me, uh, well, what is your vocation story? I always tell them, I have heard several times that God writes straight through crooked lines. In my case, it was a typographical error. <laughs> so that is how I ended with with you, dear brothers, with the Dominicans, yeah. yes. So it was, you know, a, a series of accidents. Even Vietnam, the general chapter in Vietnam, I consider that to be, you know, an accident again. We were just, we are just guests of the general chapter as members of the general curia. After being a provincial, Brother Bruno asked me to serve as his assistant or socius for Asia and the Pacific. And so I said, yes. It was a good way to escape from being a provincial of the province. So I came to Rome. And then some of us were invited to be part of the chapter as guests. We were outside the election because we are not voting members uh, of the election. And then another accident happened. So what can, what can I do? <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that is also your experience. All of our experiences are like that. Uh, we, at some point, we feel that even though we plan, 
something else happens and therefore perhaps and we believe in faith it must be god really you know uh running our lives yeah so in the end i i got what i prayed for in a different way in the seminary of santo tomas because later on the provincial assigned me to be rector of that seminary not as a seminarian but as a formator of the seminarians but it took a while <laughs> so that's a very long story <laughs> It was fantastic, and like your like your father said, the way to Santo Tomas was truly through through Santo Domingo. That's a that's a really that's really incredible. Yeah. So, Father, you were elected Master of the Order. So, I guess it sort of begs the question of who is the Master of the Order? Well, you are, of course, but what is the Master of the Order? What does the Master of the Order, you know, as the successor of Saint Dominic? do um represent that that sort of thing what yeah what is that all about but as you and i know we all profess obedience to the master of the order uh i made my simple profession when damien bird was master of the order and solemn profession when timothy radcliffe was master of the order perhaps you you are young brothers it was already brother bruno i suppose that's right yeah Okay, <laughs> so that shows the generations, no? In other words, the master of the order, according to our constitution, is the successor of Saint Dominic. And he is the principle of unity in the order because all of us profess obedience to the master of the order. According to the constitution, says the ordinary prelate, prelatus of all the brothers, of all, even of the nuns, uh, of the order. So he is really the principle of unity in the order. But the master of the order is not working alone. He is assisted by the members of the general curia. Got it. Now, some religious orders have uh, very, uh, very impressive places in Rome where they have their general headquarters. Others are more modest. I have to say, ours is so special. What, what is it that you find really unique about Santa Sabina? Santa Sabina is the the church, the place where the where the Dominican Order has its world headquarters. Could you tell us a little bit about um, what it's like living and working there at Santa Sabina and why it's yeah. special to us? <clears throat> yeah, the Basilica of Santa Sabina was given to St. Dominic. It was established in the year 400. So that's already very, very old. And, one, and it is unlike the many churches in Rome where many churches are, you know, uh, baroque and some are very few are gothic but when you come to santa sabina it is really different some people would call it it's so austere it's empty <laughs> but it is in that emptiness that you feel the presence of god that fills our emptiness uh, within it's so simple it is an example of the basilica that is built like the roman forum uh, and then it was, of course, uh, given to St. Dominic. What is special with this basilica is on the door of the basilica, as you, Patrick, must have seen no? during your tour of the basilica, uh, on the door of the basilica is the first depiction of the crucifixion without crosses even. But it is the first depiction of the crucifixion. We all know that you know the symbol of Christianity before that was the ictus, the fish, a 
the symbol of Christianity because, you know, how can you make, you know, a, a traumatic memory become your symbol? Because the cross mm. really is, a, you know, it's, it's capital punishment. It's, it's a violent thing. And perhaps in those days when people still see crucifixions going on, you could not, you know, make that your, your, your symbol. It was only later on that, you know, we, we saw the triumph of the Lord in the cross. But that came later on. So on the door of Santa Sabina, you, you would see the first depiction of the crucifixion. And inside is a very old mosaic that tells us the history of the church when Peter of Illyria built the church when Celestine was Pope. So we could put the date of the basilica because of that. And then it shows two ladies depicting the church, uh, the church from the Gentiles and the church from that came out of the Jewish uh, religion. Uh, and it tells us, you know, these this two belonging of our church. And it is like the cross, the cross of the Lord, which is the instrument of salvation and reconciliation is the one that united these two, you know, belongings. Mm. Uh, the church of the Gentiles and then the church that came out of Judaism. It has something to say about our world today when divisions or fractures actually run across the Abrahamic faith. So the church is important uh, in that sense. But, more in, uh, but another significance of that is this is the place where St. Dominic prayed. Mm. And according to the libellus, Dominic would prostrate himself on the floor, and you can see the mark on, 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 on the floor no? of, of the basilica. This is also the place where St. Thomas Aquinas stayed and perhaps you know, wrote some of the things, the first drafts of what he wrote. <laughs> uh, this is also the place where Albert the Great stayed. So, so many uh, uh, great men of the order uh, stayed here in Santa Sabina. And Patrick must have seen that list of, the, of these names, no? I will uh, say this. I, it's just a little bottom, post. <laughs> uh -huh. Mark, Mark Padrez, the brother who was giving me the, the yes. tour, Mark said he will add my name. Ah, <laughs> uh, Our name is already there at the bottom. Et al, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best you're going to get, Father Patrick, I think. <laughs> So and, don't hold your breath. <laughs> and Pius V, St. Pope Pius V, the Pope of the Rosary, uh, also stayed here. And Patrick must have seen his room, which is now a, a chapel. So Jacob, when you become a saint, your, your room bec becomes will, will be transformed into a chapel yeah, and will be are, redecorated. <laughs> yeah, they're already, in, they're already making, making those changes to my room now. You know, it's just anticipatory. So you... We don't have to worry. We don't have to wait too long, I don't think. Um, well, why don't we take just a minute break? Uh, and when we come back, we'll, we'll talk to Father Gerard about the mission of the order, about preaching and about our, you know, the, the general mission in the church to preach the gospel. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. You are listening to God's Planning. Visit us at godsplaining.org to listen to our episodes, shop our store, and donate to our podcast. 
all gifts go to improving the podcast and bringing the gospel to more listeners. Thanks for your support. Welcome back to Godsplaining. This is Father Jacob Bertrand. I'm here with Father Patrick, and perhaps most importantly, we're here with Father Gerard Timoner, the master of the Order of Friars Preachers. Um, this past, I guess from when we're recording now, I'm kind of breaking the third wall, but this past weekend, we had um, seven of our brothers make their solemn profession. And as Father Gerard was talking about at the in the first half of the episode, we make our profession to the master of the order, to Father uh, well, I didn't make my profession to Father Gerard directly, but to Father Bruno Cattare, his predecessor, but also our profession formula says, and his successor. So, uh, but this weekend, we heard our brothers make their final vows until death to Father Gerard. So it's great to have him here talking about um, life in Santa Sabina and the life of the order, um, Santa Sabina being the place, the church given to St. Dominic, which is our uh, the headquarters of the order. As many of our listeners know, the Dominicans uh, are properly called the Order of Preachers, um, named after our mission to preach the gospel, uh, to preach the truth of the gospel. Um, it's, yeah, it's been our mission for 800 plus years. Um, but in a way, this, this mission is, um, is something that comes out of the, the mission that all of the baptized share in to witness to the gospel. So I guess a question for you, fathers, how, what would you say, or how would you kind of recommend um, preaching or witnessing or living the gospel well, effectively in, in a today's culture, today's world. I mean, I think in so many places seems so kind of closed off to the idea of Jesus or truth or, you know, whatever, however we might describe it, I guess, as what, what are some ways that you see that as, as there being effective means of communicating the gospel? Uh, thank you for that question, because that is, you know, the question that each Dominican must ask himself or herself. Uh, well, thankfully, as you mentioned, Jacob, for 800 years, we are already in existence. And we have so many examples of the different kinds of preaching across time, across cultures. Uh, and that is really part of the heritage of the order. For instance, we look up to St. Catherine of Siena, a woman Dominican who was a powerful preacher. In fact, in a Dominican monastery in Spain, she was depicted as standing on a pulpit preaching and listening to her was the Pope <laughs> and the cardinals and so on. Or one could look at our newest saint in the order, St. Margaret of the city of Castello. And by the way, a part of the positio for her canonization is the great devotion to her in the United States. And thanks to the province of St. Joseph, because some of the brothers actually wrote the part of the positio for, for that one. And she is blind, a hunchback, and had difficulty walking, but joined you know, the Dominicans and is now a saint because she was able to see the goodness in people, even if she were blind. And she walked with confidence, walking in the Lord, even if she found it so difficult because one of her legs is shorter than the other one. So there are so many examples. One could think of Blessed Angelico, uh, Fra Angelico, a painter. Uh, perhaps it's difficult for people to imagine that one can actually preach through the arts 
and so many different. Uh, uh, San Martin de Porres, San Tarosa de Lima, and San Juan Macias, who actually preach by the works of charity. And of course, the well-known saints, our professors and teachers like Thomas of Aquinas or Albert the Great, and these are teachers of the church. They are called doctors of the church, uh, including that of St. Catherine uh, of Siena. And so many other missionaries, even the martyrs who offered their lives and gave up their lives. Uh, our brother, the Bishop of Algeria, who was martyred uh, in, in our times, uh, Pierre Claveri. So these are different kinds of, of preaching in our day and in our times. But it's not really, I, I think what is important for a preacher to consider is this, why are we preaching? Mm. I think we preach because we want to share the good news. We want to share a very beautiful experience. And we cannot be selfish. We cannot keep it to ourselves. And I think that is an important thing to consider in our time. Pope Benedict said, the greatest act of charity is evangelization. Think about that. The greatest act of charity is evangelization. It is also the most generous kind of act because we share the one who is most precious in our lives. You know, it's a common human experience. Uh, I don't know, in the Philippines, if a brother discovered, you know, a, a place where there is this, for him, let's say, the best kind of food he has ever encountered in his life. The moment that brother comes to the convent, the first thing he says would be, let us go to this place and let us visit. Or if you have visited a very beautiful, magnificent place, the first thing that comes to your mind is, I wish they were here with me. Thinking of people who are close to us, dear to us, our parents, perhaps our brothers and sisters, or our brothers in the order. That is a common human experience. And I think preaching the gospel is motivated by the same thing, the same impetus. We want to share with others what we think is best for us. And I think that is what you're doing with God's planning. <laughs> you, you, you want to share with others what you consider to be most precious uh, in, in your lives. And of course, if we feel the joy of the gospel, you know, Evangelii Gaudium, the, the letter of Pope Francis, then joy is something that you want to share with others. You cannot but share it with others. And I think that is the very reason why we preach. That was very kind of you to say, Father Gerard. Thank you uh, for, <laughs> for talking about the podcast in that way. But you're right. That's what we that 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 that's ex that's exactly what our goal is is to invite uh, to invite people into um into the joy that we that we found as brothers in in Christian living and just to to give people uh just a taste of that as the as the master of the order you see projects uh, from from all over the world you know you spoke of um, the great models that we have the heroic historical models we have as saints in in what you see in the order today could you uh, if if you don't mind name j just one or two uh, one or two projects that are happening now 
um, that are that are signs of hope, uh, signs of this signs of this holy preaching um, in the world. Yeah, uh, due to the travel restrictions of the pandemic, I was not able to do you know what I'm supposed to do, and that is to visit the brothers and the sisters, but mainly the brothers uh, in the order. But I had a chance with with Brother Bruno to to take a look at some parts of the world, for instance. Our brothers in India, for instance, are taking care of street children. Uh, and they're doing, doing a lot for, for these uh, street children. Um, our brothers from the province of Australia and New Zealand, which includes the Solomon Islands and Papua New Guinea, many of our brothers are actually literally going to different islands to minister to people. Wow. Because wow. they are isolated. So perhaps in the United wow. States, you have cars. In their case, they have boats. <laughs> because that is the only way by which they can reach, you know, uh, people. In Portugal, I was able to witness uh, the project of the Dominican family uh, with the brothers, uh, you know, taking care of, of people uh, on the streets. But we also have centers educational centers like the Angelicum here in Rome, which I am happy to announce, you know, has welcomed 39 new brothers just this wow. year. Wow. So that's a lot. And then we have the Ecole Biblique in Jerusalem, uh, which actually, you know, studies the Bible where the Bible was written <laughs> or, you know, the place where it all happened. So uh, thanks to our brother, uh, Marie-Joseph Lagrange, who actually tried to study the document and see the monument, meaning the places where it was really uh, written. And we have so many different centers in Latin America, in Africa, emerging centers in the United States uh, and even here uh, in, in, in Europe. And things like this, you know, podcasts, which are able, which is, you know, able to reach as many people as possible. So there are really so many uh, initiatives happening in our times. Yeah, well, one of the things I think that sometimes I'm asked in vocation work, but also otherwise, um, what, what's one of, what do I like about being a Dominican? And the, there, are, there are a few things, uh, but one of the things that always comes to mind is, is the, um, is sort of the privilege of watching uh, the the work of the brethren and seeing their zeal for the gospel and being able to kind of witness that, especially you know as a as a younger priest having gone through formation with Father Patrick and the other hosts of the podcast and other men of the province, and I'm sure it's the same elsewhere in the world to sort of see us kind of grow up and in, in the order and and now begin to to sort of preach maybe with some with some success, who knows, but at least to preach and cooperate on these projects and. Um, you certainly, Father Gerard, see much more of, of that happening throughout the order than, than we would from just our province, but it's encouraging to hear um, that the mission of the order um, is, is alive and well in so many places of the world. So, well, Father Gerard, thanks so much for, again, for taking the time to be with us. It's a real pleasure to have you and really an honor um, to have you on the podcast and to, to have this time together. So thank you for that. We'll certainly keep you in our prayers and ask all of our listeners to keep you in our prayers to our superiors throughout the order, um, whether it's at our priories or provinces or the master 
the master of the order, it's, it's often a, a thankless task and one that requires a lot of unseen work. So if you would pray for Father Gerard, um, we'd all appreciate that very much. And we certainly will do the same. Um, thanks Thank you. To, Thank you so much. Oh, of course, Father. Yeah. Um, thanks to all of you who have tuned into this episode. If you've liked it, please like, subscribe, and give it a share. Thanks to all of our supporters. If you'd like to help out with the work of the podcast, check us out on our Patreon page. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like, subscribe, leave a five-star review, whatever you'd like to do to help us out that way. Um, you can visit godsplaining.org to check out our merchandise and to get the dates of our upcoming pilgrimages and retreats this summer. Uh, please you know, register for those if you're interested because space fills up quickly. Um, and as always, take care and God bless. Thanks for listening to Godsplaining, a work of the Dominican Friars of the province of St. Joseph. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave a review on your podcast app and visit us at godsplaining.org.